No we got the waves, the waves, waves oh, in the yeah, house. Yeah, you guys ready to rock and roll? Oh yeah, let's do it. Welcome to episode number 76 of The Student Manager. It's Fonger News with my wave volleyball girls. A girl I've known for a long time, downtown Meg Brown and her roommate, Emma Ammerman. What's up, girls? Hi. You girls ready to talk waves? Oh, yeah. Yes. About to give like, all the juice. The juice, the life, the, the real experience in Malibu. Isn't like Malibu supposed to be, people hear about Pepperdine, the most beautiful campus in the United States? Yes. I can attest to that. It is pretty beautiful to wake up to an ocean view every morning. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember it was like a couple weeks after we moved in on campus and me and Meg were driving down PCH and we were just like, wait, like we actually live here. Like yeah. look around, like it's so crazy. Feels like a dream every morning. <laughs> yeah. And Emma, she graduated class of 20 at, I think it's Chaparral High School yes. in Parker, Colorado. Yes. Which is probably what, 20, 30 minutes outside of Denver? Yes, south of Denver. So there's not like oceans, you just have <laughs> mountains out in Denver, Exactly, right? yeah. <laughs> so and then and Meg, uh, class of 20, modern day, mm -hmm. the infamous class of 20 with so many guest from the student manager and uh as we always do we tell students that are listening as well as parents the goal of this podcast is to help college search and admission process for the students and the parents and then really give the real life experiences and the stories uh we have normal students when i say normal not student athletes but today <laughs> we're fortunate to have student athletes because it's a different experience for at sure. pepperdine and especially last year we'll get into it because of the COVID experience exactly yes and I had to get these girls on before a couple days. On Monday, they yeah. leave on Monday, July fifth. But by the time this is dropped, this is dropped like July twenty third. Okay, because you know yeah. one thing you'll learn in college or just in life: failing to prepare is what preparing to fail. And that's why we have like three <laughs> or four podcasts recorded in advance. Let's get right down to it because I'm going to ask Emma Pepperdine, coming from Denver, like why Pepperdine. Um, so I'm from a big family, big volleyball family, and um, three of my brothers actually came out to California for college as well. So when I was little, I would come to visit them, watch them play, come to the beach, see that, and then go back home and never really ever come back. And in my recruiting process, I was looking for something outside of Colorado because I'd grown up there my whole entire life. Most of my family was from there, so we never really traveled unless it was for volleyball tournaments or anything like that and so I wanted to just experience something else see what was outside of Colorado and Pepperdine reached out and obviously the appeal of Malibu is very relevant to any 16 year old girl that is looking for um, her next adventure in life and so then once I visited I was like kind of locked sold in. yeah <laughs> locked signed sealed delivered exactly so you didn't even take a look at Boulder or Fort Collins, Colorado State? I did, so those were, Fort Collins was my number two option. And then Boulder, I kind of looked there early on, but was never like a stay in the recruiting process. But it came down to CSU and Pepperdine. So Fort Collins versus Malibu, and Malibu took the trophy, but. <laughs> and, and, and not a bad choice. Exactly. Right? You get to hear like waves crashing. And <laughs> this is the first, I think, the first time we, no, not think, the first guest I've had on. Uh, from Pepperdine, uh, and we like to showcase different universities, like to showcase different students because there's so much more out there. We were talking about this at lunch, Meg, right? Mm -hmm. There's like over 400 D1 schools out there. You don't have to go to that sweatshirt brand school, especially out here yeah. in Southern California, this bubble, Orange County. I mean, you're right up the road. You're 20 minutes away. Uh, it, I mean, you live in Santa Ana, but maybe like an hour away from Pepperdine. Yeah. Why Pepperdine? And we, we can get into other what you were about to do and what you, you know, how this road led to Pepperdine, but why Pepperdine? Um, for me, I just really loved the atmosphere that Pepperdine has. It's a really big family atmosphere and you just walk on campus and there's smiles on everyone's faces. They're greeting you. And I think not every school is like that. You kind of, some other schools, you walk with your head down, just get to your classes, but everyone was so nice and caring. And the coaches really care about you. The, our teammates are awesome. And just the people, I wanted to surround myself with really good people. And like Emma was saying, it's pretty hard to be living in Malibu for four years. So that was definitely another um, aspect of why I chose Pepperdine. But I think overall, like surrounding myself with good people, good academics was the main reason I chose Pepperdine. And Pepperdine's not an easy university to get into. It's 32% acceptance rate, mm -hmm. 
right? And the ACT averages between 27 and 32. For those of you that are listening going, well, if I don't get into this other prestigious school, can I get into Pepperdine? And the SAT range is anywhere between 1,200 and 1,400. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna ask you first the question. Okay. If it wasn't for volleyball, would you get into Pepperdine? Um, I think I would have had a little bit harder of a time getting in. I would have definitely had to have a good essay. I think my essay was a little lacking getting into it. Um, but I think I had the GPA and the test scores for it as long as I had other things to back me up. <laughs> Emma, if you didn't have volleyball, yes or no, would you get in the Pepperdine? Um, I think yes, because in high school I was a very driven student just in general. But I think I definitely would have had to retake my SAT because by the time I was taking my SAT, I was already committed. And so I kind of already knew that I was um, locked in for that position. So I kind of got a lower score than most mm -hmm. applicants do for the school. Um, but my GPA was right up there with everyone else's. But um, just knowing that I was already committed kind of uh, led to a lower SAT score, I would say. So I would have had to retake that probably. So let's talk about the recruiting process because people out there and, and those of you that are listening here in Southern California, they all the parents think their kids like the best, right? <laughs> they all think they're gonna go like to this elite school, play D1, my kid's really, really, really good. So let's really break it down and give them true facts. Yeah, let's do it. Like, <laughs> Right, Meg, Meg's all ready to jump into this. <laughs> but let's talk about the recruiting process uh, and like getting to Pepperdine. Mm -hmm. So Emma, when did you first know that you wanted to say, I'm gonna play college volleyball? Um, very, very young. Um, I, when I was, my oldest brother graduated high school when I was five and went to go play college volleyball. So I kind of, started playing volleyball before I could walk and for me like watching my older siblings play just kind of made me want to play so badly and so it was never kind of really a question for me that I was going to play college volleyball it was just a matter of where so the short answer for that is always and, <laughs> right and, you, and you, that's right you come from a, a big family of yes. athletic family the recruiting process what did you not like about it um I feel like there's a lot of pressure and stigma around making your decision quickly and I think that comes from your college coaches your high or yeah college coaches high school and club coaches from your parents from your peers you see your teammates committing and you're like oh my gosh like I'm so far behind and then also obviously pressure from yourself because you want to do well um, and choose the right school for you and when you're in it there's just so there's so many factors and I think for me, I was just wanting to get it over with and not really considering all these different factors that looking back on it that I probably should have considered. And so I think a lot of girls, including myself, kind of like just jumped the gun a little early and kind of just wanted to get it over with. And as soon as you got a glimpse of something that you might like, just commit and just kind of take hold of that. So And you committed entering your junior year. Yes. Correct? Yes. So this will help any female or male student athlete listening as well as parents. If you had to do it all over again in the recruiting process, what would you do differently? Would you wait longer? Would you go through the, do more due diligence? What would you do differently? Um, going through it again, I would probably wait longer. Just knowing myself as an athlete, as a 16 year old, that is not the peak of my performance. and as a 16 year old, you think that this is like the end all be all is that this is the good, the best you're going to get. And so I think looking back on it, just knowing that waiting even like a year or a year and a half longer, you're going to mature, your body's going to grow, you're going to become stronger and faster. And so I think even just a little bit more time would give you the opportunity to see more schools or talk to more coaches or just figure out what you want more as a person. So I think just more time would have been important. And Meg, I'm gonna go to you because I remember I was on a hockey road trip with my son mm -hmm. and my wife called me, I think it was like November time, and she goes, did you hear? I'm like, hear what? And maybe I did. She's like, Meg committed to Alabama. Uh -huh. And I said, well wait, she just finished her freshman year. She's like a <laughs> sophomore. I go, that's, I will say this, I go, that's kind of dumb. I go, you should like at least wait until you're a junior. <laughs> 
And I go, that's awesome. So talk to my audience and let's just talk about that experience. And mm -hmm. and the same question to Emma, if you had to do it all over again, because you end up in the right place. Yeah. It always ends up and yes. you, it all works out. But you had that experience. What would you do differently or how would you help a high school student? Yeah, and a for parent? sure. Um, I can totally agree with Emma that you feel a lot of pressure from teammates, coaches, college coaches especially. Um, I know the rules are changed now where you start the recruiting process your junior year, which I think is really helpful for these girls to kind of like just mature. My idea of what I wanted in a college my freshman year vastly changed. <laughs> um, right. As you can tell, Alabama and Pepperdine are probably the most polar opposite schools. You Pepperdine can get. hasn't lost a football game like in 30 years. <laughs> exactly, <though>. yeah. <laughs> Go waves. Um, but yeah, for me, I really wanted the big party school, uh, big football team. And then I, as I was growing and maturing, I realized that's not a place that I would thrive in. Um, there were other reasons for me decommitting, but the main reason was that I wanted a place that I felt it was like home and I could be closer to home. I initially didn't want to stay in California. I wanted to branch out my wings and just go as far away as I could. Um, and having that pressure from coaches saying, oh, you have a three-month limit and then we're going to give your scholarship away as a 15-year-old girl thinking, oh, I'm not going to get better or this is what the best I can do. I have to make this decision now. So I think waiting, um, knowing yourself and knowing that you will mature and get better and um, you can find the spot that's best for you. And I don't think you should let a coach's idea of what they think you're going to be determine whether you should go to that school or not. So I think what I would do differently is just, like Emma said, wait a little longer, know myself a little more, and then go from there. But I'm very glad that I ended up at Pepperdine because I think it's a good spot for me. <laughs> you guys had a great year. Yeah, You we went did. to the NCAA tournament, played Baylor the second time. Was that in that, if you would have won that game, that would have been the Sweet 16. Yes. Right? yes. And then the best. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> let's talk about, and, and you guys too were soon, ball, <laughs> it, it, it was COVID. And I followed you. I mean, your dad mm -hmm. was sending me. It was great because I just went on the website and I could track all the stats and live stats. So Meg started. Emma, you got a lot of PT. I got yes. like, wow, they're getting some playing time. I don't know if that would have happened if you would have gone to a larger university, a bigger, like, I mean, Pepperdine was ranked in the top 20, mm -hmm. but I'm talking like a big school where you're yeah. going to get that immediate impact and have value. Would you agree? Yeah, I think COVID affected it a lot as well just because we got an extra four months of training that we wouldn't have if it was a normal year usually as freshmen you get three weeks to prepare with this team and then um, if you're a high impact player then you can possibly pay play but I think it's we had a lot more freshmen I think all over the country that were able to step in these big roles because of the extra time we had to train with the team for sure what's your favorite memory of the NCAA tournament <laughs> um, that's hard. I just like the whole experience was really fun, and I, all of our travel trips were so fun. Just because our team loves to like have a good time. Like if we're going to dinner or lunch somewhere, like we pick somewhere that's different, somewhere we haven't been before, somewhere that's local. We're always on Yelp, like, oh, what's the best yeah. place in this area? <laughs> um, so I think my favorite memory was probably I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe just the time spent with the team. Oh, okay. After one of our game, or after we lost to Baylor, actually, but <laughs> it was just kind of like everyone was like, oh, like we have to go home tomorrow. But we just made it like a super fun night. We went out to dinner and then we came back and we were playing like volleyball spike ball off of this table in the conference room and just like hitting the ball like off the ceiling and just playing all these like card games. So that was probably like one of the most fun nights for that is even though the tournament was over like we were still able to like have a good time and be competitive in another way so yeah, that was fun sure. and no one really knows if you win or lose after the game it's yeah. that bonding and chemistry that yes. you build that's going to lead into your sophomore year yes this exactly. year and which you guys are about to report to and actually go to three four weeks and then start right away in august right yes so meg your favorite road trip 
Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so I think my favorite road trip was probably Portland just because I'd never spent time in Portland and it's a really cool town. Um, And then we also just did a lot there. Um, The weather was really good. I don't think they probably had that good of weather in a while. There was no rain. It was sunny, 70 degrees. So we were really lucky with that. But we just really like went to the towns and we're or the, I guess the city, and we're just like walking around. It was super fun. We played top golf after our game, which was a really fun experience. And one of our coaches is surprisingly really good at golf and surprised <laughs> us all. Tara, shout out. <laughs> um, but that was just a really good bonding trip for us. And I think that was kind of what was like just that turning factor of our, like we are now a very close knit team, so. Who has a better swing between the two of you? I mean, I won in Top Golf, so I would have to say I do. <laughs> yeah, but you also have Top Golf, so I think if I Experience had some more practice, yeah, now I'll give it to Emma. <laughs> so you obviously on road trips you visit different campuses, mm-hmm. and this will go in two parts because we any guests I have on we like to talk about well, what did you like about that campus what did you not like about that campus obviously if you're there for a volleyball game it's a business trip mm-hmm. but as a student manager every time I went on a campus I made sure I would walk the campus walk the town I mean that's how this kind of podcast came about because yeah. like, I gotta I want to help people but your favorite campus if you weren't going to Pepperdine out of all the schools you visited which one stands out in your mind Emma and why hmm I would say we didn't get to see all of the schools in our conference this year because we either played them both at home or both away. Right. So we kind of saw like half of the schools. But one of the ones that I really liked was St. Mary's. Um, the It was like a super like kind of wooded area. The drive to the campus was beautiful. And I've never really been to Northern California. So that was really cool too. I like Northern California a lot more than I thought I would. And the campus was just like older buildings and like super green everywhere. And the gym was like small, but it felt like you were playing in a bigger gym just because of mm-hmm. how it was set up and like the lighting and everything. So I'd say that was probably my favorite one that we saw. Do you ever, did you guys ever watch Harry Potter? Yes. No. Okay. Emma. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you just said no. No, I need to make her watch it now. I <laughs> forgot about that was on our to-do so, list. So Harry Potter, if you look at Hogsworth the Hall, when we went to go visit St. Mary's, mm-hmm. that cafeteria student union, it reminded me of Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, it is what you said. It's really yeah. small. It's like 2,000, 3,000 people. Yeah. And you're, but you're 20 minutes away from Berkeley. Yes. That, that, that's, that's one of the things. Meg, what about you? My favorite campus, I mean, I'm a little biased, but I'd have to say it's Santa Clara, just because my brother went to Santa Clara. So I was able to see that campus a little more fully just besides visiting it through volleyball. Um, And I really just enjoy the energy there. Um, The people are very relaxed. Um, There's palm trees everywhere. It's really pretty. And the mission on campus is really pretty as well. So I think that would be a good spot to be if it wasn't for Pepperdine. And you're going to be able to see all the WCC schools out there. You know, you got LMU, University of San Diego, Mm -hmm. go all the way up to BYU. Yes. Right. Did you guys go to Gonzaga? No, No, we didn't. Okay, I won't spoil it then. We, we have some Gonzaga guests on. Depends okay. on when you go. Well, you'll go up there in the fall, so it'll yes. be nice. Yeah. Um, so it's, to me, it's a mini Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but Spokane is just, it's kind of a dump town. Really? Even like the guests will say, yeah, but it's the college that. Yeah, yeah. that makes it the town. Yeah, and then there's like the river. Don't get me wrong about the school. Those of you listening, Gonzaga is a great university, but you got it's not Malibu. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's talk about. Coach Young, or Coach Wong, Wong. Uh, Wong. why did they just call me Young? Wong, <laughs> Fong Wong, you think he's my cousin, right? <laughs> what have you learned from Coach Wong? I have learned a lot about maturity, <laughs> um, but also just, I'm a very energetic person on the court, and I said that as a joke because we he was telling me about how I should be a little more mature coming into this sophomore year, because I, I just had the freshman, like, buzz, energy, so ready to play, so excited. Um, But he is a very calm, like, just well-mannered person and is just very patient and kind. So um, having that level of just kind of being cool, collected. um, Poise. Poise. That's what we call it. That's a great word. That's a good one. 
I strive to be like that every day. I don't know if I'll ever achieve uh, Scott Wong's level of poise, <laughs> but um, it's something that I really admire of him and just his ability to take girls in and just really love them for who they are and want them to be the best they can be at their sport, but just also be a good human, which I think is a really awesome aspect of a coach to have. Um, he just makes it so easy to play for him. He's so understanding, but still like puts pressure on you to be the best player you can be. So I think that was a lot I just said, but he's a great guy, so. <laughs> What's one thing you don't like about him? Oh, okay. Um, that's a little harder. <laughs> See, we're gonna ask the hard yeah, questions. Yeah, no, I, I totally yeah. get that. I think one thing that I, not that I necessarily don't like, I just am not used to, Therefore, I guess I'll say I don't like is that I he I think it's also just coming in like college. You have that expectation of, you know what you're supposed to do. So you don't need to be coached 24 seven. But I was used to Coach Adele or my club coaches like telling me this is exactly what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to do to get better, where I think Scott is a lot less of like that's what you need to do and more just like figure it out on your own. So that was a just a mental battle for me, which I think I grew a lot mentally this year um, because of it. So overall, I'm grateful for it, but it was definitely a transition for me of not getting feedback you right be, away. You want to be coached. Exactly. How I'm do I like, get better? tell me, please, mm -hmm. I need to know. And sometimes I wouldn't get that right away. So um, it was a learning curve for me, for sure. Emma, let's go to you, because it's probably a different perspective with Coach Wong. So yeah. what's, we'll, we'll stay on the same trend. What do you, what do you not like about him? Um, that is really hard, like Meg said, <laughs> but I think one thing that was just different for me was kind of like Meg said, he's very calm. And so it was just like a different level of competitiveness because he is competitive, but in a different way, like he internally, internally. Yes. And I, Keeps you know, he cares, you know, he cares. Yeah. And there's some games like our BYU game where he really showed it outwardly. And that was like the first time we were like, oh yeah. wow, like <laughs> he has it. Coach, it so Coach Wong like gets really mad about this he double call. He almost got a yellow card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really interesting. But so kind of like, I'm a very competitive person, like kind of outwardly and like just very aggressive or not aggressive, but like in a more aggressive way than Coach Wong. And so I think that was just so different for me was just seeing him like so calm during like a very tight situation and i was like come on like let's like let's talk, go let's come talk on. about something yeah. let's like get a game plan like come on and he was just always like the same level like which is very admirable and something that i'm trying to learn as well as like a steady like emotion but so that was just something that was like different from a coaching um perspective for me and when you graduate when all said and done what's the one thing that you can walk away with that coach Wong's taught you yeah definitely just that steady mindset of and that just also comes with transitioning from high school to college which I think he does a good job of instilling in his players is no matter what the score no matter what is happening on the other side like we have to have our like steady mental state and you can celebrate and you can like think about the last point for one second but then the next ball is just next point next point and so it's just having that like steady competitive mindset meg not like high school at modern day when we score a point mandalay mandalay would go yeah! and jump up like twenty thousand inches yeah. on her vert how is the transition the speed the game changed from we'll start with you meg high level elite modern day mm -hmm. to pepperdine um i think for me i thought it would be i knew it was going to be a big transition and then you kind of just go in with it like having no expectations and just ready to work that was at least that was my mindset just i wanted to work as hard as i could um i just and i loved just going faster pace i've always been like a fast player and wanting the ball as fast as i can so it was really fun i think for me i struggled with um blocking that was like something that just having a faster set on both sides just creates you have to be there all the time and you have an expectation of be there be up get a block so for me that was something I struggled with and worked on this year so yeah kind of just did a little 360 with my words but there you go <laughs> and what about yourself Emma um I think one thing that I noticed about our teammates was they made it really easy to transition to college like yeah. if I ever like the setters were super like 
communicated with us a lot and was always like, oh, like, what do you need? I need this. Like, we would make sure we talked about, like, what kind of tempo I like and what they usually set. And so I think that was super helpful. And I just think coming from, like, I played at my club for five years and then my high school for four years. So you kind of have, like, that routine of, like, when I'm here, this is what I do. Like, I say this and, like, I know that my coaches are going to be in charge of this. So it's just getting used to that new routine of this new culture that you're – stepping into because we were us and the other freshmen were the only new people and everyone else had already been there so it's just that learning curve of learning their culture and how they do things how much they talk like how much they say about certain things so I think that was probably the hardest part for me was learning just the new culture of not being from the same club or the same high school for so many years in a row so if I'm an athlete heading to college what advice would you give them on just that transition from any sport? It could be from high school to college. I think that as a freshman, cause you're coming from being a senior and you have that most seniors that are going to college have that leadership role. They're in charge of like taking control and being in charge. And then as soon as you become a freshman in college, you're back at the bottom of the totem pole. So I just think one lesson that my club coach told me that I think was super important going into college was you don't have the right to talk until you earn that you can. So your first couple weeks, months, however long it takes at college, I think you say minimal like feed or you can give feedback, but minimal like leadership things until your play proves that you have the right to speak basically. And so you have to just start over and just kind of earn that respect and that reason to talk, I guess. Let's go into academic academics. Meg, your major, it's funny how we talked about this at lunch, mm-hmm. but I'll let you share. Your major and what do you want to do? So I came in as a business major actually, and then after a semester decided to switch to education. So currently I'm an education major. My path right now that I'm thinking of taking is either doing elementary school teaching or high school teaching, which is vastly different, but I don't know which one I'm going to do yet. And then hopefully go into coaching. And then uh, my end goal is to college coach for a college. So would you ever think about being a college professor, college teacher, and as well as college coaching? Um, I don't think so. I think I would strictly stick to high school at the highest level um, just because I think it's what is best suited for me, but I, I would love to coach for college. I think it would just be more my vibe. <laughs> I could see you going to your alma mater and helping mm-hmm. out Coach Odell. Yeah, <laughs> I, we talked about it my senior year. I was like, I'll be back in a few years, I guess. <laughs> and it's funny, a prior guest, Kelsey Campo, mm-hmm. wants to do the same thing. Yeah. Right? Emma, your major. I'm a sports administration major. Great major. Yes, the best. And do you have, I mean, at the end of the day, and I tell every guest this, it's doesn't matter what you major in, if you can start and finish something, that's Pepperdine, but most importantly, networking. Yes. Networking, exactly. and we'll get into that, because especially as being student athletes, but sports administration, do you, do you have any direction or any ideas of what you wanna do? Um, similar to Meg, maybe college coaching in the future or club coaching, but also just, kind of any kind of like administration administrative position in the like professional sports world I think would be really fun or even like a director of ops for like a college team which would lead into like assistant coach or head coach so anywhere along those lines and do DOB's director of ops is like the new fancy word for student manager mm-hmm. yes by the way does Pepperdine even have student managers on your team no not this year we, I think we did like a few years ago, they had like volunteers and we had one, but she transitioned to just being the men's director of ops. And then we have our assistant coach that takes you care of that You have to right recruit now. one of your friends. Yeah. No, we should. Well, we, we have to have make friends. friends. Yeah. So <laughs> what did we oh, teed this up? Let's transition this. You all were roommates, yes. right? You moved in. When did we move in? We moved in. Like August 27th. August 27th, yeah. We were initially supposed to move in in a normal year, July 1st or July 5th. Right. Kept getting pushed back every week. So that's the date we ended up with. So you moved in and tell us if you li- if you're a student athlete, where are we living? Um, well, in a normal year, <laughs> we would just live how like other 
students would live. So freshman dorms, sophomore dorms, then you can live off campus. Okay. This year we got treated very nicely, I would say, for the situation. We ended up living in the law dorms in an apartment. So Emma and I shared a mini apartment. We each had our own rooms. We had a kitchen, a little living area. It was a nice setup, um, but we did have to cook our own food. We got a stipend to cook our own food. Um, so it was like kind of just living as a junior, as a freshman. So Yes. And was it just you two or were you in a suite with other we were, teammates? Normally that apartment would hold four people. So as two rooms and then two people in each room. But for us, it was just one in one. So Sick. we got two closets, two beds. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Who's a better cook? I don't know. Meg's the baker for sure. I'm definitely the baker. I feel like we both hold our own in the kitchen. It's not like someone's like inept, like not good at cooking. Like we're both pretty decent. What was the meal of choice? Oh, I feel like me, I loved making grain bowls, like roasting vegetables, chicken, hummus. Oh, it was great after practice. I was a big pasta gal. I would kind of mix every week, but I loved... Like roasted mushrooms, chicken, any kind of pasta, then switch up the sauce every week. So Meg, you're gonna have to teach her Mr. Fong's fried pasta. Oh my gosh, I still make that, Mr. Fong. Do you really? I do. Yeah, I crave it like once, <laughs> once or twice a year, and I'm like, okay, I gotta make it. Okay, so all my kids still, when they come home, that's mm-hmm. all they want to eat. Emma, have she has she I made have it? Not for you? heard about this I famous. You pasta. You have to make. I'll the make fried it. Pasta. I'll make it. <laughs> It's really I'm kind of disappointed now. I know. <laughs> all I ate was pasta. And I'm never even so tried sorry. You never even thought about it. <laughs> I know. I, w- I apparently wasn't craving it during the school year. <laughs> and for those that are listening, I can't give the recipe out just in case we start with like, Mr. Fong's Fried Pasta Restaurant. So now this year, where are you going to live when you move back in a couple days? So for the summer, we're living in Seaside, which is a suite of eight people, but I don't think we're gonna have any roommate. We don't really know the roommate situation. And then for the normal school year, we'll move into a sophomore dorms called Rockwell Towers. So it'll be me and Meg and two beach girls. So a suite of four connected by a bathroom, so. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So going on Zoom classes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Were classes hard or easy at Pepperdine? Hard to focus, easy to pass. Yeah. Well, not easy, but I think in a normal year, it would have been very well, like you could manage them very well. But I think being on Zoom for four to eight hours, depending on the day, and then doing all of your schoolwork on your computer, just it kind of everyone was talking about zoom fatigue it's real yeah it is and then real. <laughs> going to practice and watching your film from that practice for another two hours afterwards um i think it just added to the overall like just hard difficulty of the year <laughs> and going on zoom i asked this to every guest i mean it's easy i'm gonna assume that you all got a's i, I guess i'll just be direct it's easy to cheat easier yes right yeah but now let me ask you this because it's student athletes and i ask this to everybody that that's a student athlete i remember we had our academic advisor and resources and just that extra resource during covid did you did you girls have that yes her name is aaron carroll shout out to aaron shout Shout out out aaron (laughs) how did she help you we had meetings with her probably like once a month ish around there and she'd call us and she'd just ask like do we need tutors like how's our classes going like what tests we have coming up so it was just kind of nice to talk to someone that like kind of knew like everything about academics like and talk to her like oh like this class I'm kind of doing this and then she would like remember next time she'd be like oh like how did that test go so it'd be nice to like talk to someone yeah and you could just check in with her um if you felt like you were starting to slip from one of your classes you could always say hey, this is not going well, like I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And then she would get you the help you needed. Um, She was very understanding and just another resource we had to go to if we needed it. Were your classes big? I mean, Pepperdine's not a big institution. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you can watch on your Zoom if you had your photo on or not, but Mm -hmm. uh, let's go with undergrad classes, like the general ed classes. Like what was the biggest class size? Um, for me, I think my biggest class I had was 60 students, and it was my Religion 101 class, and that is about the biggest class you'll have at Pepperdine. 
other than 60. that 60 <laughs> that's other, nothing yeah uh, the yeah. other ones i could see the entire class on one zoom page you didn't have to scroll <laughs> on a computer so that's that for you <laughs> i think my biggest class is probably like 40. yeah yeah so those of you that want to look at different institutions there's like big schools small schools pepperdine sounds like it's a very the ratio of students yes. to faculty is a nice small number. Mm -hmm. I think they say it's like 13 to one or something. Yeah, that sounds right. And you mentioned religion. So mm -hmm. Pepperdine University, it's a, it's a Christian, it's Christian dominant, Yes. right? And as student athletes, we talked about this at lunch, Emma, uh, just kind of share the, what your observation is because it's a dry campus and we'll mm -hmm. get into that, but it's a Christian university. So is it what you expected or is it different? Um, I feel like they really brand themselves as this very Christian university where everyone that goes there is Christian. So I was a little nervous going in because I myself am not Christian. And But then once you show up, you're required to take three religion classes. So my first religion class I was gonna be like, this is gonna be really interesting to see like the kind of dynamic of the students. And the first question like one of the teachers asked was like, what is your religious like affiliation? And I was so surprised like how many people actually had like either never been to church or like didn't consider themselves to be hmm. religious in any way or there was like a lot of different kinds of religions as well. So that was shocking to me, but there was also definitely your fair share of people that could quote the Bible or go to church every Sunday or mm -hmm. they like lead Bible studies in the quad. So it's definitely a, a much wider range than I thought it would be. Meg, what's your experience? Um, pretty similar to that. I was going in with the expectation. I was a little nervous because I've born and raised Catholic. Didn't really know what the vibe would be, if I would fit in or not. Um, I think there. I always tell people that there's a few reasons why people cho choose to go to Pepperdine. You either choose because you're a Christian and you want to have Church of Christ as your school. Um, other options, athletics, obviously. So you can either be Christian or not, mm -hmm. but if it's a good school, you're gonna go there. And then third, I like to say the influencers that like to go to Pepperdine. <laughs> um, Malibu, LA, there's a lot of kids that come from a lot of money. They're um, rich. They're rich. I call them rich, I'll say it, they're rich white kids out, yes. out, out in Pepperdine. And they like to take photos, they like to post them, they like to have aesthetics. <laughs> TikToks. Um, TikToks. So there's like those three groupings, but even though it's a smaller school, you still see new faces every day and you're gonna have the opportunity to meet people that you fit in with. And I don't think it's hard to like not have a community within that community. You said it perfectly, because when you go to universities, that it, regardless, student athlete or the Greek community or mm -hmm. Jeeds, goddamn individuals, <laughs> I'm like, you will find your own people in, in your community. Uh, being on campus last year, I, I, were, did you even walk on campus, go to the library? Was it open? Because I know like my other daughter's schools, they were able to go to campus, sit around, and kind of make it look like they're yeah. going to school. But what, what about that experience this year? Um, campus was very special this year. <laughs> we First semester, it was just athletes on campus. So probably 120, 150 people in total. Um, and everything was closed. Our, even like the weight room, weight room was closed. We were lifting outside on tennis courts the, for the first semester. Um, so it was very interesting. Um, masks 24 seven, we weren't allowed to be in each other's dorm rooms. So it was a very like social distance. Obviously you're in LA County and that was a, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, um, that just played into the whole like COVID situation. Second semester, it loosened up a little bit for normal people, like I would, or non-athletic people, but sorry. Um, but like athletes, we were all in season. Every NCAA D1 sport was in season in the spring. So we didn't want to get COVID. So I think we were probably more shut down second semester than first semester yeah. because we didn't want to get COVID. So that so was basically eat, study, do school, play volleyball, sleep, all in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Like you sat at your desk, you ate your food, you then watched volleyball, then you then you went to class, then you did homework, mm -hmm. and then the only time you left was to go to the grocery store to go to practice or lift. Yeah. Because there's no resident hall food, correct? There uh, was, but since we had a kitchen, we kind of chose to cook our own, yeah. just because 
since there was less students on campus, the quality of the food was a little bit and less. The, and the options were limited. Yeah. That's funny how you mention that because a lot of guests I have on, I always ask like, what's the one thing you don't like about your school? Yeah. A lot of them say the food. Yeah. It's like they could improve the options or it could be a little bit more green. Yeah. Right? So I don't even know if the student union was open during the second semester. It was limited, very. Yeah. So I, I don't really know many athletes that had like went to the calf. I think a few of our guy friends that did not know one ounce of cooking chose yeah. to go there or they would make like microwavable meals, which like probably was chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. Yeah, we were trying to give them <laughs> cooking lessons. Didn't work. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about that community because normally we're talking about a fraternity or sorority or just goddamn individuals. We mm-hmm. call them jeeds, right? I don't know if that, if that word floats around. The I haven't heard it, cabinet. but I kind of like it. You like that word? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is your own little community because it was only athletes at the first beginning of the year and then the second part. So I, it's that bond that you make and that's like, that's your own community. That's your own people that you hang out with. What what, what were some of the memories are, that you can share? Uh, yeah. Like being just surrounded just by athletes and like what you said eat sleep study this is all we're doing yeah Yeah. i think first semester it was honestly like really really fun just because it was only athletes we weren't training like we weren't even allowed to play indoors because that was too close contact so we were able to like go to class and then we would go to the beach and we would sit at the beach for hours watch the sunset like social distance and play yeah right social distance (laughs) but that was like what we did for semester and the weather was great um and we were just really grateful to have that ability to be outdoors and have a good time i know other schools it was probably either super hot during that time or already cooling down and getting colder so another perk of malibu is great weather what was your i'm gonna phrase this politically correct like your favorite social event that you can remember this year um social event i don't know if we had any social we were, events okay see that's the other thing about that. did i <laughs> did i not tell you about this whole situation so because of la quarantine all of the rules um there was a few social events, let's say the first three weeks that we were there. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then those social events quickly got shut down because someone <laughs> decided that they weren't they weren't invited and they thought that they should shut us down. And that led to a lot of trouble within the athletics division. We almost got taken off campus, everyone, so we limited the social events to pretty much near zero the rest of the semester. So that's why Spending time on the beach was crucial to our mental stability. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think it definitely picked up second semester for the um, Greek life and just other people that were starting to come on campus because mm-hmm. it started opening up. But we couldn't go because that was just a COVID hot pocket. So <laughs> so someone got butt hurt yes. and then yes. tattled. Yes. Like precisely. It wasn't someone on your team, was it? No. Oh, it okay. was unfortunately a non-athlete that didn't realize the severity severity of. of what her saying that would have on the entire athletic division. So now you go into second semester. Let's kind of talk about, because Pepperdine, it it's secluded. It's a little area. But where are the areas to hang out? We talked about T.O. being one of them, as in Thousand Oaks. But that's like over the hill in 20, mm-hmm. 25 minutes. Not like yeah. you can go walk to a college town yeah. or you can go walk to a bar. Let's talk about from what you experienced or from what you know from the older uh, teammates, like what to do mm-hmm. at Pepperdine, either being a student athlete as well as just a normal student. I think that as many beaches that are like as close as possible or the most popular, like Zuma is a big place. There's this um, beach like five minutes from Pepperdine that we call Ralph's Beach because it's right behind Ralph's grocery store. Mm -hmm. And it's like basically these like waterfront um, home, like their beach basically. And we all just go there and we would like play volleyball every night. Or one time we like had a picnic for Meg's birthday. And so March, (laughs) March 23rd. 23rd. (laughs) And so, yeah, I would say any beach nearby really. And then also, um, 
any boba shop oh is my gosh boy the the hot spot <laughs> for all our team especially yeah i feel like pepperdine is um really good if you have a car um yes. that's kind of a good thing to bring with you and if you don't bring it have a friend that has a car because you will be driving through the canyon a lot more than you think you would just because um, the only affordable food option is Chipotle or like the grocery store um, if you want food. And then other than that, you're driving 20, 25 minutes to For get Chick-fil-A to your nearest Chick-fil-A, In-N-Out, um, Kava, which we just <laughs> ate, um, which is worth the drive, by the way. So and there's just so much to do if you want to go downtown L.A., Santa Monica. It's just so worth it to have a car um, and yeah so is that why your parents brought you your car like the second semester no i had my car for the whole time okay i thought it was only the second semester yeah but it was very it was really helpful for sure so there's not like just areas where you could just walk go to a restaurant go to a bar stumble back home no i think the hills also play a factor in that you don't want to be stumbling it's basically from your like a events. mountain campus. Yeah, like, you're 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 gonna be hiking up a hill if you want to get back to your, your <laughs> and it's dangerous campus. on PCH. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. There's no walking on PCH. <laughs> so as a junior and a senior, where are you living? There's a few options. You can live through the canyon in like Thousand Oaks, Agora Hills area, which is like the most affordable option. Um, there's an apartment building like two minutes away from Pepperdine called Stinkies, or Pepperdine people call it the Stinkies. I'm not really sure why. Um, and then if you go down PCH past Zuma, uh, Point Doom is another like, they're almost like trailer homes, like small mm-hmm. like homes that you can live in. And that's a good, another community. But yeah, you're going to be driving 15, 20 minutes if you live off campus. Because if I'm a parent and I'm listening and I'm thinking Thousand Oaks or Goro Hills, I I mean, that's suburbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's I always think of that's like where my friends that I know live there with their kids growing up. <laughs> yes. So paint that picture. Where are you hanging out in Tio Nogora Hills? Like an apartment or yeah, like well, in a neighborhood? Some, yeah, some people have houses um, in Agora. Um, and then mostly the apartments are like near campus. But once you go through the canyon, a lot of people do houses. So. Yeah, okay. and they're pretty big where like, and they have like backyards and stuff. So it's like, have a kickback yes exactly so and i think even like one person had like a pool that people were going to and like swimming at the pool so it's like you get a bang for your buck but i mean everywhere in la is expensive so is that where y'all are going to live your junior and senior year um we haven't decided yet we want to live off campus yeah for sure but through the canyon is just tough because you wake up for practice and at like 6 a.m and then if you want to go back home to like grab stuff before class then it's a 30 minute drive and then a 30 minute drive back so you have to stay on campus basically all day yeah so it might be more worth it to spend a little bit more money just to be closer because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the money that you save buying a house in the canyon you spend on gas i feel like yeah and just that time sure. yes oh, and yeah. time so you mentioned something because w- this is like with bigger universities, you're going to look at facilities. Uh, mm-hmm. Baylor University probably had nice volleyball facilities. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and they just got a new locker room and we were in their visitor locker room and we were like, this is nice. Than oh, our my locker room. <laughs> so how is the Pepperdine? Because if you're staying on campus as an athlete, we would just stay. We'd go in our coach's office or just in the basketball room. How is the locker room at Pepperdine? Um, well, we didn't Funny, get to go into the locker yeah, room we've never this been year in the locker room. <laughs> because how great is that? We love COVID so much. Um, yeah, the locker so, room was so small that it was too much of a COVID restriction that we yeah. couldn't go in there. So where did you get ready or warm so, up or hang out halftime or between the second or third set or whatever? We have this like trophy room. It's called the trophy room and you it's right across from Firestone Fieldhouse and it's like you go up the stairs and it's just this big room filled with all the trophies we've won. Uh, we would watch film in there because you, the could spread too small. you could spread out enough. Yeah, we have a, a nice film room too. Like there's comfy chairs and stuff, but it was too small. Um, so like space was a big issue. So we would camp out there and then for practice, we would just, there was a little like walkway that we, not where the courts were that we would mm-hmm. get our clothes on or our like shoes and stuff <laughs> on and then put our backpacks there too, so. And we had a social distance while we like drink water and everything. So, yeah. Going into this year now, I want to explain, like, if I'm a parent or a student listening as a student athlete, 
because every parent thinks their kid's gonna get a scholarship or whatever it may be. And then actually, how does that work out? Because when people talk to me like, oh, they're going to so-and-so, they committed and everyone loves the post, right? Yes. I'm like, that's a fucking preferred walk-on. <laughs> There's no way they're getting money. So let, let's talk about that because how do you get, and it's a lot different from when I, our players would actually go get a check from the financial aid office or like my scholarship was just paid for being a student manager, right? Mm -hmm. I still had to pay for my room and board, but all my tuition and everything else was paid for. But it's a lot different these days. And I've talked to your dad about it, but mm -hmm. explain to my followers and listeners, how does your scholarship work? Um, well, we have this thing called WaveNet that shows our like counselor, our financials, our grades. Like, grades, academics. It has everything, which is really nice. And we click on the academics. We have like forms that we have to fill out every semester or year, I think. Yeah. And then um, it just shows up that our balance is zero. So it's pretty <laughs> so nice. That's it. <laughs> and Pepperdine, just to let you all know, if, if you're a student or a student athlete, it's like $70,000 mm -hmm. annually to yes. go there. So I look at you all getting a $280,000. Get in our bank for a buck. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? So for those of you that are listening, you can go to Pepperdine mm -hmm. and pay full boat <laughs> or you can go the student athlete route yeah. and get tuition, room and board, books. And, and books. Yeah. Right? I uh, will say, I feel like there's a lot of people on academic scholarship. They're yeah. really good about giving out scholarships just because they know how expensive it, expensive it can get. Um, so that's another thing to keep in mind about Pepperdine. Like, do you guys, do, do you hang out with non-student athletes? Um, I've talked to a few in my Zoom classes, but other than that, like, even just um, other sports that don't have the amount of scholarships that women's volleyball does, they are good about finding other ways to get you scholarships. Yeah. We have a couple friends, like, that are athletes but aren't on, like, full rides, so they have academic scholarships as well. Great. Okay, uh, obviously, because you got to be smart to go to Pepperdine as well. Yes. Like baseball. Baseball only has like 12, 12 and a half scholarships. They have a very big roster, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of it. And they, or like indoor men's them. volleyball, I think, is four, four in total. And they, they have, have like four total. Yeah, They're going to have 30 people this year on their team because of COVID and then incoming freshmen and people like taking their fifth years. So it's going to be a big team this year. Were you guys able to even work out in the weight room? Second, second semester. semester yeah we were allowed okay. to so our first workout in the weight room was like january 12th or something yeah. and it the was... weight room is so cool it's like all glass you can see the ocean from it it's a really nice view it's not ginormous but it kind of goes with like the rest of the school yeah like nothing about the facilities is like oh my gosh Grand like Deloitte. this is like they spent millions of dollars on this but it's like very nice and like you can see the ocean pretty much like anywhere you are so it's just like like well kept and very clean and a good like yeah. way to work out. So here's what I always like to do. I like to paint that picture of the campus. I know like when you get on PCH, you turn right, right? And then yes. you're going up the hill. So for those of you that have never been on the campus of Pepperdine, who wants to visually, Emma, why don't you visually take us through like what we're seeing because it's not a big campus. Yeah. yeah. And it's a couple loops. Like I told your dad, he goes, you're right. It's like, it's small. But yeah. how would you paint the picture of kind of when you turn off PCH, going up campus and how beautiful it is? Yeah. So it's basically just one big loop. And so like, as you, the first thing you kind of see when you turn off of PCH, that entrance is the Firestone Fieldhouse. And then as you like drive past that, there's the pool and then the workout room and the tennis court. So it's kind of just like all of the athletic facilities just on like really great display with like the mountains in the background and there's palm trees everywhere yeah. and then the next is like the baseball field and the track field and i think our baseball field has like the prettiest view ever yeah, like crazy. as you're like hitting home runs you can see the ocean and <laughs> as you're like running on the track it's just like you can see the baseball field and like everything so that's the only time i'll run is if i'm on the pepperdine track <laughs> yeah that's why i tell oh, maggie yeah. is like i'm not running in your neighborhood unless we're on the pepperdine track yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so then as you like keep going up there's um past like all the athletic facilities it's just housing and um like classrooms and you just keep going like up the mountain we lived like at the very top of the like campus this year like on the main loop and so we kind of got to see like everything um every morning and then as you pass like the law apartments then you just start going back down and there's just more like classrooms and you can see like the quad on your right and mm -hmm. 
like I said, just palm trees and that Zoe view. Zoe 101 was filmed. Zoe 101, yeah. <laughs> As you go down, like, towards the other exit, that's, like, my favorite view on campus. It's just because you can see, like, the lay of everything um, and just, like, the ocean and, like, how clear it is that day, so. Did you guys ever go to the chapel? Um, well, it wasn't open. We were able to, like, walk and see the chapel, but, yeah, that was the extent of the chapel for us <laughs> this year. So if there's one thing that you don't like about the campus or like the negatives, what would it be? Mm, I think there, well, okay, this year, take it as it is. Um, but I think one thing that Pepperdine could probably work on is obviously, I've, I've heard a lot of negatives about the food. Yeah. One. Um, and then I think just more like opportunities to like meet people would be something that I, I have a feeling they'll do a better job this year at it, but it's not a very, they're like good at meeting people, I guess, but like our team spirit, our morale for our school is not is a, on the lower side. So I'm hoping that we can have that change this year that people are excited to be back on campus and hopefully we'll want to just like gather together more, so. Well, the season's coming up. What are you looking forward to the most? Um, probably just like playing a regular season. Everyone keeps at, like, what are you excited about for year two? I'm like, yeah. going to real college. Like, I don't Normal know. Scene. Just like seeing what it's actually like. Like, I feel like I'm a freshman, like going in, like experiencing Red everything. Redshirt freshman. Yeah, everything <laughs> for the much. first time. Like going to, not playing the same team like two times a row and like traveling to two different places in one weekend. And then mm -hmm. like having fans at our home games and like my parents getting to come watch. Like that'll just be, I think, really exciting for a season and just having that like real student athlete experience in malibu what's your favorite place to go to eat or not even in malibu so you guys are hanging out together mm -hmm. what's your favorite place where are you going to get food oh well i love kava a lot so, i'm so glad we went there i for know <laughs> i literally i was so happy you texted me about that but that's the thing that if i'm like craving anything it will be kava and then there's also boba right by kava so i think we would do a kava run and then to bonbon boba afterwards to yeah. top the night off bonbon is the most elite boba yeah place. if you want a good boba place go to bonbon you won't regret it they should just pay me for this as we're honestly giving them free yeah free advertising <laughs> i'll give it to them freely what's the best favorite breakfast place you like to go to Paradise, uh, Paradise Cove. Cove. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the place. You go and you sit in, in the, the sand. sand. Like the chairs and like table and your feet are in the sand and you can just see yeah. the ocean. Like, Massive portions, so just be prepared for that. Yeah. But the food's really good. They too. took me there on my official visit and I was like, is this real life? Like yeah. you guys actually eat breakfast <laughs> on, the on the beach. <laughs> but yeah. That's and what are you ordering? Um, Probably French toast. That's my go-to breakfast. I'm a classic breakfast gal, which Emma always gets on me for, but <laughs> eggs, bacon, toast, hash browns is the best for me. And if there was a late night, like munchies, like besides the bubba, like let's say you guys have went out partying, having fun, and you want to go eat, like what, where are you eating? Like late night, what's open? Well, if we're like through the canyon, it's Jack in the Box. We have a lot of friends that <laughs> yeah. are like, let's go get Jack in the Box tacos. So Two for well, 99 cents. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. we also love a good McDonald's Sprite and French fry. Yeah. That's or all. I would say just a good homemade quesadilla. Oh, yeah. We do make a lot of quesadillas late, late at night. So now you're going to have to make our homemade fried pasta because that's like late Yeah, night. I'll do it. I'll do it. With Costco, Mr. Yoshida sauce. That's, that's what makes it the key. <laughs> yeah. So... Mr. and Miss Brown are in town. Mm -hmm. Where are they taking you to dinner? I think they're taking us to Dukes. I haven't, okay. I think the obvious answer would be Nobu because it's Nobu. But <laughs> Dukes Overrated. is. Overrated. Yeah. <laughs> but Dukes is like, it's elite. I think it's better than Nobu. So I'm Have you been that. to Nobu? I have. Once. Have you? <laughs> I have not. No. I've been, I've actually only been to the one in Newport, not here. Uh, it's overrated. It's like too pricey. Yeah. But I guess I don't have to go. You really don't. Yeah. I, I trust you. Just go to Duke's, guys. It's so much better. <laughs> All right. So um, you're not 21 yet, but I'm sure you have teammates that are 21. Mm -hmm. Where are the hangouts? Where are like the bars like students want to go to? Either underage, real age. Where are they hanging out? 
I think our teammates talked about there's a couple in Santa Monica. That's usually where they go. Um, yeah, there's like fun clubs in Santa Monica. Um, people will travel to LA and go. I think we have the cool opportunity to go to like the bigger schools like USC, UCLA, because it's really only like a, a 40 minute drive. And if you know people, you can stay there. Um, through the canyon, I think. What was the bar that all um, the shootings happened? Yes, but that cowboy. Was, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why I, I, I can never pin on my name, pin the name, but um, that was a big spot before that happened, and I I think it was the same after, just because of COVID, that wasn't happening. But through the canyon, there's a lot of good options as well. So let's talk about that, and you really haven't experienced it a full year, right? Because you guys had redshirt COVID year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Pepperdine's a dry campus. Yes. So when you hear dry campus, like, what do you think, how can you communicate that to listeners? Yeah, do you wanna go? Mainly, like, if you want to go out and go to parties or anything like that, you basically have to, most people, like, recommend staying somewhere off campus and coming, not coming back unless you, like sober up before you come back basically because the rules are like real repercussions are pretty strict especially as an athlete if you come back to a dry campus and they find out you've been drinking so if you like want to do that most people just recommend you like find an older teammate that stays off campus or like the house you're going to or wherever you're going just stay not on campus that night yeah and i think the other thing is like there's a lot of like people that choose not to party and a lot of people that do choose to party so if that's something you're interested in like you will find your people and find yeah. your crowd and there because there's a lot of people that i know that party thursday through sunday like they are out every day at the clubs at someone's house um that's not my cup of tea just because i'm an athlete and like i can't do that but um yeah so you'll be able to find it if you can if you want it so you know students that do that do you know any athletes that go out like Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday? Yeah, we knew. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a few like sports or like different teams that are just notorious for like that's just their mo. But um, like if you want, yeah, like I said, like if you want to find it, you can. It's uh, not hard. <laughs> that's like in every college. Yeah. yeah. If you want, you can find whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yes. Just get involved and mm -hmm. be part of something. What advice would you give to? parents going through this process obviously as student athletes uh your parents went through a whole process you went through the whole recruiting process so you can look at it in two different perspectives but high level what advice would you give parents something my parents always told me was that they are going to have no say in my recruiting process basically they're going to be there to like help me and my dad went on all my recruiting trips with me but they said at the end of the day you're going to the school and so if you end up not liking it you can't blame it on us <laughs> so that was kind of like my advice to parents is like don't push your kids like because you went there or, like you wish you went there because they're so much different than you are and they can end up like turning on you like because they have to go to that school so make sure it's their decision uh yeah i feel like something i would say is there's a lot of parents will like kind of have that idea of what they want for their kid but at the end of the day the kid's the one that knows what they want um and don't put like the school's name ahead of like they're the best for your kid because a lot of kids won't do well at those big mm -hmm. brand schools it's just a matter of fact so i think making sure that you can find there are so many d1 schools so many d2 schools like you can look do your research find what you think you want in a school and just start touring i think that's the best option is going to as many campuses as you can and just finding what fits best for you and again again what emma said i think it's a lot more about this like child or this uh like high schooler and what they want rather than the parents saying this is what we're gonna do for you if you had to do everything all over again what would you have done differently? I think I would have researched what I wanted in a school other than I wanted big, I wanted fun. Um, just researching majors, what I could potentially be interested in. Um, even I think as soon as freshman or sophomore year, just kind of what piques my interest and then looking at schools that have that same path as what I could potentially do. Um, and then if I want to stay close to home or not, um, just a lot more like smaller details that you wouldn't necessarily like think as a sophomore that that's what 
I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go with that. E, what about you? Um, kind of opposite of Meg. Like I kind of did all that research as a freshman. I was like, oh, like what majors do they have? Like what majors do I want? Even though I had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I kind of like every school I wanted. I was on their websites and I was like, what? What can I do? What do they have? And so the thing I would change probably what I said earlier with recruiting was just like wait longer and just see more because I only went on like three or four visits. Um, and so I just don't know, like still now if like that was enough, like I kind of like really limited my search. Went to like two schools in Colorado where I'm from. So I'd already seen them one school in California and one school in Washington. So I never really visited anywhere else besides the West coast. Um, I've never even really traveled to the East coast. So, like I just wish I would have seen more kind of like Meg was talking about. Cause you kind of know, like when you're on the campus, like, could I see myself walking around here? Like when you're in the gym watching their practice, like, could I see myself as that girl, like playing here? Right. So I think that would be my advice to and, myself. And what you said, Emma, is great advice. I always tell students and parents, just go walk on that campus. Yeah. You'll know. And I said, tell the parents, just go sit somewhere and you walk up the student union, you walk up the hall, whatever it is, yeah. and you look at the people. It's either going to be your people or not. Exactly. You're can you see yourself here for four years? Yes. That's why when your dad and told me that you switched to Pepperdine, I go, that is the perfect fit for Meg. Yeah. But not that I would, wouldn't know Alabama. I just didn't see you at Alabama. Yeah, I had a lot of people tell me that. Well, initially I had a lot of people like, oh my gosh, you're going to be perfect for the South. Like you have that personality, <laughs> which I think I would have been eaten alive if I had gone to Alabama. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just am a, a lot more like calm and like I just found my people at Pepperdine. So it just... People. Yeah. Like Emma. I found my yes. Emma. <laughs> All right. As we wrap up, obviously, well... This is a great transition because yesterday was the first day that college student athletes could be part of NLI, right? Image yes. and likeness. Mm -hmm. And one of the big pitches, we've always been trying to get on Barstool Sports. You know, I have to do this for free. Oh, yeah. Right? Every student athlete, every college kid I have on, they talk about like this whole podcast in the process. So I'll ask you guys, girls the same question. Like, why should the student manager be on Barstool helping college students uh, our high school students and parents and growing the next generation audience for Barstool? I think that it's just so important to hear from actual students that are in it right now. And you can hear from alumni and you can hear from like professors and administrators, but I just think it's so different when you're hearing from someone that's like in this moment and it's just like live, real like experiences. Like none of this was like fabricated to what I think that people want to hear about Pepperdine. So I think that's really important when you're trying to find a college. Yeah, I think you also do a really good job of asking the right questions, even if they're hard questions. Like asking what I don't like about my coach is not necessarily an easy <laughs> thing to do, but it's something that you should have in the air. Like the tours that you go on, they're just giving you the sugar-coated version of the school where here you're asking questions that like most kids think about, but they're not getting the direct answer where right now we're giving you the direct answer. So it's a really unique experience and like listening opportunity that you don't get, I don't think anywhere else. So come on Barstool. <laughs> well, see, and, and Meg, you are the last Brown to be interviewed and come on this yes. podcast, right? Your brother and sister have come on it. Mm -hmm. We might take a whole year to do the Ammerman family <laughs> since you have like cousins and stuff. Yes. But I'm looking forward to when UW plays at Pepperdine and when you guys play up at Provo, maybe we'll go watch you. I told your parents I could stay at our place in Deer Valley. We'll just go hang out oh, and yeah. watch some volleyball, but it's yes. going to be fun cheering on the waves. It's been great having you all. On the Student Manager, episode number 76, we want to thank Murph Cargis, executive producer. And we don't really have corporate sponsors because we're just, uh, I don't know. We If you like this podcast, if you're a parent, if you're a student, if you're listening, I just say donate, go to Air Fonger at Venmo. We'll take $5, $10. We got to pay for this nice plush studio, right? <laughs> yeah, <it's> very nice. <laughs> and as I always do, when we catch up with you, we might just do 30 second minute clips of your sophomore year, junior year, and put you on the Student Manager Podcast. For Fonger News, we are... Out. Out. <laughs> <laughs>